You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, September 21st, the 21st night, September. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I do tons of baseball stuff for. Or if watching the Padres lately has got you depressed, it has you in the middle of the night watching Surf's Up and the Bumblebee movie. Am I talking about myself? Maybe, maybe. I won't confirm that. But maybe you could find my work at um, those type of topics at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blaze, Disgusting, Film Credit, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. That's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you're watching the YouTube version, you can see me obnoxiously pointing to the little graphic in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, and also, yes, subscribe to the YouTube. Recently launched Lockdown Padres on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, there is a link in the description below. So be sure to check that out. Give me them subscribers. Let's get to 50 subscribers by the end of the week. Yeah, 50 subscribers. I, th- I, think, I think that's accomplishable. I think we can do that here on Lockdown Padres. And for today's Lockdown Padres, guys, before we get into it, let me just tell you, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, just promise you one thing, call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And for today's podcast, guys, it's a big topic. Let me tell you, I know it was a little bit of a, look, I, I know it was a, an intentionally incendiary beginning to say, is AJ Preller a fraud? But unfortunately, it's not a question that's as disrespectful as it would have been, say, pre-2020, or dare I say, even just a month or so ago before the whole trade deadline sort of fiascos. Um, I still think that it's completely ridiculous. I'm going to start off by saying that, yes, I don't think AJ Preller is a fraud, but I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about some of his lifetime tenure moves for the Padres, looking at him from a a more grander scale, and then looking at 2020, uh, or 2021, I'm sorry, and this season and what has happened this season and how much he is to blame. Uh, And I think the answer to that is certainly enough to prompt a discussion. You know what I'm saying? This this Padres season I talked about in yesterday's episode has been a disaster train wreck. It is one of the bigger falloffs for a team I've ever seen. Some people, I mentioned the Red Sox when they had uh, Terry Francona. They lost the end of the season. I think that was back in 2011, 2012, actually, when they had the, the Rays walk off and then they lost the last day, too. Like The Red Sox blowing up is part of the reason we had that end of to that season, the game 162 being so incredible because the Red Sox had kind of fallen off a little bit. And I also think that the Padres 2010 team was similar, even though they didn't have quite the level of expectations and star power as this 2021 team. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Mr. AJ Preller, guys. First, I think we need to talk about I th- I'm wondering if I should change my mind and actually do it in reverse. Talk about this season or talk about just him as a whole. Um. Yeah, let's 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 talk this season. I think is a fair thing to bring up first. That makes more sense. It is more timely, is it not? So let's talk about AJ Preller. So I think that in general, my views on AJ Preller, and these are going to evolve over time. I think I think that executives things can uh, change over the course of just a month. Like we don't know what's going to happen in the off season, for example. We don't know what um, 
like type of trades, what type of moves he's got up his sleeve. We don't know if, say, not trading for someone at the deadline actually is going to end up being a good thing. Maybe he might have given up Robert Hassel, you know, who's who's ascending in the prospect ranks. I think it's because he has such a low floor or such a high floor that people are just so high on that guy. But we'll have to see, right? Rob Hassel the third. Uh, really excited to see how he pans out as a prospect. But the big thing with the Padres this year is that I made this analogy a while ago, right? I said one of my favorite like chocolates candies ever is these Godiva like chocolate stars, right? And they have their little gooey little raspberry like chocolate in there, right? And they're like my favorite candy ever. The Padres farm system is currently as if whatever, take your favorite candy. Maybe you're a payday guy. Maybe you like Butterfinger, Reese's Pieces, whatever. And then you have a ton of candy on that Halloween night, right? And then you lose everything except for those golden goods. You got your Godiva starfish, you got your Reese's pieces, and you got maybe your, your your Snickers, which I'm a big fan of too. Like you have your golden eggs, but then you lost all the other fluff. You don't have any, as many assets left. And that's kind of the situation that the Padres are in because it started basically last year with the trade for Mike Clevenger, in my opinion anyway. And that happened at the deadline. Just to remind everybody what the trade was, Cleveland received right-hander Cal Quantrill, outfielders Josh Naylor, and catchers uh, and catcher Austin Hedges, along with three minor league prospects, Gabriel Areas, left-hander uh, Joey Cantillo, and shortstop Owen Miller. Um, and that we also received Greg Allen and a player to be named later. So in that deal, the biggest name, obviously the biggest name there, is Cal Quantrill. Cal Quantrill currently with the Indians. I have to look this up, but he's been uh, performing well. Uh, to say the least, for the Indians. He's practically the number one starter right now. Uh, on September 15th, that was his last start, so he should be starting again soon. Six and two-thirds innings, no earned runs. Um, three of them, three runs, but no, none earned, which is very rare uh, for sure. Uh, only two hits allowed, three walks, four strikeouts. He's got a 2.89 ERA right now. He was on fire for August, but he hasn't been a guy that's like absolutely blown up. I know he had that great start against Detroit where he goes seven innings, no runs, no walks, striking out 10. He's definitely a solid pitcher, though. I mean, this is a guy that basically, aside from an August 16th start, since July 27th, he hasn't gone under five innings or under six innings, I should say. He's only had one start of five innings, a bunch of them six, seven innings. And let me tell you, for this Padres team, we could be using that for sure. However, I will say this, and I've mentioned this before on the pod, it's, it's a little bit unfair to hate on A.J. Preller for that move only because if Mike Clevenger's healthy, we're viewing that completely different. It's not like they knew he was going to need a Tommy John surgery. So in a vacuum, when you look at it from that perspective, I don't think that A.J. Preller deserves too much crap for Cal Contral being great. I do think that obviously the things, well, we should have given up Paddock. Well, yeah, of course, but like maybe teams don't like Chris Paddock. He hasn't been performing well. And they were like, all right, maybe Paddock's upside is interesting, but let's take this Cal Quantrill kid instead and a couple of prospects. So you have to give up something to get something. That's why I say all the time. But that was kind of the first moment when the Padres started dealing stuff. Then you make the trades for Blake Snell. Then you make the trade for Luis Campizano and Joe Musgrove. I would say one and a half at best points out of three is what you've gotten from those three. Blake Snell, one of the best pitchers in August in all of baseball. In, in, all, in all of baseball. Like, his strikeout rate was literally the highest. He looked like an absolute ace. Then he got hurt, unfortunately. But if you just look at the season in totality, if you just look at it in totality, I mean, I could bring it up right now, his uh, war, according to Blake's uh, to baseball reference, uh, not very high. 
uh, because he was so bad for most of the season, right? 1.4 war on the year. And think about it. That's basically all, at least a lot of that gathered from this last month. So there is hope for Blake Snell. And I had been saying throughout the course of the season that it felt like there was a regression to the mean due. Uh, and he's done more than that. You know what I'm saying? So can he keep it up? And hopefully does this last month portend of good things for the next uh, couple years, maybe that would be nice. That would be nice because he's not on a big chunky deal and we do have club control over him. So that is good. Maybe he's not going to be an ace. It's possible. It's possible. We shouldn't expect this August month is what we're always going to get from Blake Snell. But if he can just be a solid pitcher who can give us those starts every now and then, you know what I mean? Not just be an absolute disaster of a starter, then that would be huge. Right. Um, Then you look at, the trade for Joe Musgrove, which I honestly don't even feel like looking up. Do you guys mind if I don't look? I'll look it up anyway. Fine. Okay. What did the Padres give up for Joe Musgrove? Okay. Because he has been without a doubt the biggest hit that probably has had on this team, arguably for a while. Uh, out of like all the trades, obviously Tatis is the grand old Bujabuzami uh, of all trades, but um, it seems that they received from the Pirates. They sent Joey Lucchese to New York and a package of four prospects headlined by Huston Head to Pittsburgh. Pirates will also get a uh, prospect from the Mets. So the way I view that is, yes, unless one of those guys turns out to be a star, like a super duper duper star, uh, this trade is an absolute win for the Padres, uh, for sure. And then you look at the trade for you, Darvish, which they gave up a package of prospects that at the time there was a point in this season where everyone's like, oh, my God, like this is fine. Are you kidding me? This is absolutely fine. I don't I don't have any issue with anything that um that the Padres did here because these are just random prospects. None of the golden eggs. They didn't have to give up Campizano. They didn't have to give up, you know, Mackenzie Gore, CJ Abrams or anybody like that. Rob Hassel. Uh, instead they give up like Blake Swihart, what not Blake Swihart. What's his name? Let me look up the U Darvish trade real quick. But while I'm saying that, um, I also forgot to mention in the Blake Snell trade though, the thing that does hurt is they gave up um, Luis Patino, who is a top-level prospect and is already looking pretty solid for the Rays. Again, we'll see if Blake Snell can do better, but it's at least a questionable trade now. You know what I mean? At best, it might be even. It might be even for uh, both clubs. Let's see here. You Darvish trade. Who the heck did they give up? Because they gave up like one. Yeah, let's see. Okay, so Owen Casey. Um, let's see. Zar- St- Zach Davies, right? We sold high on here. Ismail, Reina, Reginald Presado, and Jason Santana. Okay, in return, we got Victor Caratini and you Darvish. So that trade, in in retrospect, I think is still okay because I'm still optimistic that you Darvish can at least be a quality starter when we don't really know what the heck we gave away. So that one is like half and half because I know he's been a disaster for a while now. He had a good start on Saturday, which was awesome. Unfortunately, the team wasted it, but it's not an absolute disaster of a trade. The Blake Snell one, not an absolute disaster, but it does make you think, man, wouldn't you kind of, I wouldn't mind having some of those assets back, right? In terms of all the things that have happened, the Padres really need pitching. That's one of the big problems with the team right now. I mean, they need everything. They've been basically average at everything if you look at their stats over the total of the year. The first half of the year, they were excellent. But aside from that, it's kind of like, damn, man. Like, I I really wish that we had the assets. Did A.J. Preller get too trigger-happy? Did he get too trigger-happy? It's possible. But before we get into breaking this down a little bit more, kind of from my perspective, guys, I need to talk to you about something very important. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online has you covered for pro and college football all season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL. 
100. And they also got you from mixed martial arts to baseball to basketball. And of course, baseball, ladies and gentlemen, BetOnline has you covered. Remember to also use their promo code Locked On when you're making your checkouts and all that stuff. You want to help us out, the homies. You like this podcast, right? Use that promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And we keep it moving. Uh, all right. So let's continue talking about AJ Power in terms of 2021, right? So the other thing in terms of trigger happy that happens this season is they trade for Adam Frazier, which is a trade that, let me just say something. For all you that follow me on Twitter, right over here, you know what I mean? If you follow me on Twitter, I made a joke about how like uh, AJ Pollard just venom punched me and just liquefied my bones or whatever the heck I said. I forgot what, what I happened, uh, what my reaction was after the Adam Frazier trade got announced. Let me just say before I get old takes exposed that this has been an ongoing bit for me is begging AJ Pollard to murder me in increasingly gruesome ways. And I've said that for every single trade that he's done that's at least of some certain consequence, right? I said this about Mike Clevenger. I said this about Darvish, about Snell, about the Hassan Kim sign. And like, this is just one of the bits that I do. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to find what exactly I said. <laughs> I'm trying to find exactly what I said for, for, um, Let's see here. Yeah, I said, AJ probably throw me into a jet turbine and scatter my remains across every street corner of San Diego. So like, obviously, in retrospect, it's like, it sounds like I'm hyping up the trade. If you remember back when the trade was announced, I did a podcast and I talked about how I thought it was a decent move. I thought that you're basically trading for bottom line NL hits leader. That's something that could probably help out the team. Maybe they were looking for a guy that could get you big hits and drive in runs or at least start off innings. Maybe he was worried about Tommy Pham and stuff like that. But what I did say was this. If there was anyone out of all the guys that were available on the trade market, Adam Frazier was a regression candidate. He had basically never done anything like this. The Babbitt was pretty high, around 348 at the time, um, which isn't egregiously high, especially considering he was batting like 313 with an on-base of 370 for most of the year. But even still, my thing was the hard hit rate didn't go up. None of the line drive or ground ball or fly ball stuff really changed. It was basically all the, the peripheral numbers, which again, AJ Peller knows a lot about a lot more about baseball than I do. A lot of the Padres, uh, you know, staff and every major league team knows a lot more than just basic stats that you can Google on fan graphs. But I'm just saying it looked like he was due for a regression. Now, did we expect a regression to this extent, to the extent where they can't even start him every day? Because that's not what we expected. Everyone was talking about Tatis Machado, Cronenworth and Adam Frazier. These are all like all-star players that are playing your infield and it looked really good on paper. And then meanwhile, for the Padres, he has been just, oh my God, I mean, such a disaster. If you look at his um, his slash line right now, he has improved as of late, but man, he was a bust at the beginning. 265-327 in uh, 45 games for the Padres. Not that bad. A regression, certainly, but it hasn't been that bad of a disaster if you look at it from that perspective. But for the beginning of it and resulting in when we really needed him the most, no home runs, not a lot of extra base, has only two doubles, uh, it looks like on here, eight ribbies, which is eh, whatever. But like it's that hasn't been anything to inspire confidence, you know what I mean? And the big thing is like if that's your big move, a 265-320 slash line guy, that's bad, man. Like, that's bad if that was your big, big move. Granted, it's not like they gave up too much. We'll see if Tucapita Marcano, who was kind of the headline piece sent back to Pittsburgh, turns out to be anything. But he's a little bit similar of a player. Not a lot of pop. Decent glove. Decent glove. I, actually, I don't even know if he has a decent glove. And just a lot of raw contact skills. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the big thing with Tucapita Marcano. So we'll see. Uh, granted, these aren't trades that you can hate too much A.J. Preller on, right? 
But what you look at is you look at the total result. You look at the fact that they didn't make a trade for Max Scherzer, right? Which I, of course, uh, famously also treated about. I said how, you know, spray nuclear venom death acid onto my body and Superman punch me into a black hole is what I said after it was first reported by uh, known narc of the podcast, uh, as people are, might be familiar, um, Mr. Ken Rosenthal, which of course, and that'd be a fraudulent kind of report. I, I, maybe he was right at one point, but it didn't turn out to be true. Of course. And that really hurt the Padres too, because he went to the Dodgers. So my thing is, should he have traded for Max Scherzer? I don't know. I saw reports that they were offering Luis Campizano and maybe another pitcher. Maybe I even saw Paddock thrown out in there. I thought saw Ryan Weathers that Campizano would be the center of the deal. And the Dodgers, because I'm still convinced that Mike Rizzo of the Nationals is a Manchurian candidate. I think he's a sleeper agent for the Dodgers. The fact that you gave away two superstar players, including one that you have club control of next year, and you didn't even get one major leaguer in return. You couldn't even get Gavin Lux in return. I mean, geez, Luis, he's a sleeper agent. He's a sleeper agent confirmed here on Lockdown Padres. I've had a bunch of people tell me that as well. GMs from different teams. MLB executives, even even Rob Manfred, someone who's close to Rob Manfred, said the same thing that there's there, there was a click, and Rizzo said, Ugh! "We just got to help out the Dodgers." You know, what I mean, that's that's what might have happened. Um, I wonder how many people actually take what I said just uh, now seriously, but that was really bad. So when you look at kind of all the moves that AJ Preller has made for this season, I don't think this is some Colorado Rockies level of disaster because on some level, it ain't his fault that Tommy Pham can't hit one time with runners in scoring position. One of the worst this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I know he had that double the other day uh, that brought in two runs, which was cute, which was adorable. I appreciated that. He had a home run as well on Sunday's game. Like, all right, cool, but it's almost too little too late. Like, you were garbage for like two months, basically, Tommy Fam, Let me go look that up just to be sure because I don't want you guys roasting me in the comments. Uh, his split stats. Yeah, I mean, for, for July, this is a guy that hit 227 with a 303 on base. And then August, 154 with a 275 on base and in September 220 with a 304 on base. So you want to talk about just an awful second half? Cause basically what happened is he started off terribly at the beginning of the year, grounding into a bunch of double plays, not getting any RBIs again, but you know, there was still hope. It was still, like I said, just April slow start for him. Then in May 253, 383, that's pretty solid. You know what I mean? And then June 341, 449. That's really, really good for a batting average on base. And then just completely fell apart. Is it possible that it's an age thing? Sure. But Tommy Pham was originally the centerpiece of that trade that we sent Hunter Renfro over for. Now, Hunter Renfro, pretty good player. I wish he was on the Padres right now. Uh, granted, he didn't do it as much with the Rays, but he's been killing it over in Boston. Very good defensive player, great arm. But we did net Jake Cronenworth in return, which just has to be viewed as a plus. I know he's another guy that has been slumping to an extent as well, picking it up lately a little bit, but... You know, you look at all the moves made for this team. You look at Emilio Pagan. Would you rather have Manny Margo instead of Emilio Pagan right now? I think the answer is yes, because at least Manny Margo is a guy that is really good defensively. At least. I know he can't really hit. I know he's got a little bit of speed on the base paths. Definitely a little bit of a disappointment considering he was once like a top 10 overall prospect in baseball. But like, at least you can count on that guy for something. And what has Emilio Pagan done? I mean, Emilio Pagan had like an okay 2021 at the beginning. And that's basically it. Otherwise, he gives up so many home runs, like too much. The home run fly ball rate is insane. And my thing is like, yeah, I think I'd rather just have Manny uh, Manny Margo, who, uh, granted, like I said, it's not like he might be necessarily starting on this team. But who would you rather have playing some outfield time? You know what I mean? I just think that the defense, that would have been something. Instead of having to trade for a Jake Marisnik or whatever the heck, at least have a little bit more help out there in the outfield for Trent Grisham, who has to carry the defense, right? 
And I know it sounds like I'm rambling, which I kind of am. I get it. But you look at the playoffs right now. The Padres are so out of it. The only chance they have is that the Cardinals combust. And as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, out of all the teams in the league that probably aren't going to combust, you could see it from the Reds. You could certainly see it from the Mets. You could probably see it from the Phillies. But I don't see it happen from the, the, the St. Louis Cardinals. That's just a, a well-run first-class organization. They're going to find a way. You know what I'm saying? And they'll find a way with Jack Flaherty, who isn't even starting for them right now, but they'll find a way to keep him in the bullpen and have him deliver some value. I mean, Adam Wainwright is going off for that team right now, and he's like 76. So there you go. So I think that when you look at this, I still think that A.J. Prowler is probably a top five executive. I, I, I do. I think that there's been a lot of wins. You know what I'm saying? But when you look at the L's this year, you look at the fact that this is a team that has to bring in, you know, Jake Arietta and Vince Velasquez. When you're in the heat of a playoff race, you have a big play like, uh, you know, series coming up. And then this is these are the guys that you have to throw out there. And I get it. Some of that is injuries. You know, what I mean, some of that isn't necessarily his fault, but maybe it's an organizational thing. Why is it that Nelson Lamette is just this guy? My, guys, he was a top five Cy Young guy last year. And then we head into this year and then they say, I will never forget. All systems go is what they said for the first start of Denelson Lamette this year when he finally came back from the IL. And what happened? Left after an inning with forearm tightness. And then he goes on the IL for a week. They bring him back. They say, okay, okay. He's going to be a bullpen guy for a little bit. He goes one inning, two innings, one inning, two innings, then three innings, then four innings, then five. And then we actually got a six-inning start from him, which was great, and he looked great. The slider was impressive. And then he starts falling apart and back on the IL. Right. So it, I've called the Nelson Lament damaged goods, and I stand by that. And I don't know if that's an AJ Preller thing exclusively or if it's pitching development, but you have to blame some of that on AJ Preller because he runs all this. You know what I'm saying? He's general manager of the San Diego Padres. Yeah, he, he deserves a lot of blame for this. And that's one of the issues. Are we sure even Mike Clevenger coming back next year is going to be great? I'm not confident in that. Why should we? You know what I'm saying? We saw what happened to Mackenzie Gore. He went from being the top pitching prospect in baseball all the way to like the, you know, instead of top 100, like around 60. Go check out, by the way, uh, justbaseball.com. Big top 100 prospect list that's just dropped. Arm Layton, who hosts Lockdown Marlins and Lockdown LB Prospects. Uh, he recently came on the show not too long ago. Go watch, go read that if you're a big prospect junkie. Uh, really lots of data on there, especially on Gore, who he's still very high on. But bottom line is he's fallen. You know what I mean? You look at all these guys. Chris Paddock, rookie of the year contender. Now this is a guy that we're just hoping is is okay. We're hoping that he's as good as Jordan Montgomery. We're hoping that he's as good as uh, Tristan McKenzie. Right now, Tristan McKenzie, because Tristan McKenzie might get better in the future. Again, I know that I'm rambling, but it's just there has to be blame put on A.J. Preller. It's just a certain amount of blame. But before we get into what really is like kind of the general A.J. Preller thing, not just for this season – and the things that I think you can blame him for, things that I don't think you can blame him for. First, guys, let me talk to you about a, a, a way of streaming, all right? It's a way to get all the entertainment in a simple way that you love without the hassle. That is DirecTV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. That's right. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com, guys, looking for DirecTV Stream. And now changing gears just a little bit. This episode episode is brought to you by Rock 
Otto, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you get all those intimidating questions. Is your Odyssey and LX or EX? And, and you have no idea what they're talking about at the chain store. Well, don't worry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And you can save time and money, which is the most important thing, of course. That's what you are thinking, right? You could save up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 from a chain store, 216 from rock auto bam you, do, you, do you even have to hear anymore they got everything you need brake pants tail lamps motor all new carpet they have everything you can need and it's cheaper and it's smarter and it's perfect so guys what are you waiting for go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com wow Ooh, I've been rambling today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to keep rambling. I'm going to keep rambling. I actually think that AJ Prowler is a, a topic that I'm going to try and have some more, more guests on to give their perspective because G- GMs and executives sometimes don't get uh, like it, it's it's hard to judge them sometimes, especially in baseball, because in baseball, it's like, I mean, that random dude, like, am I going to blame an AJ Prowler because Corey Kluber, who was traded infamously back in the day that turned out to be amazing? No. But I look at all this stuff and I say, oh, and by the way, on that Tommy Pham trade, I forgot to mention this, Xavier Edwards um, is actually a decent prospect. He's in the top 100, not an incredible prospect because, you know, he, he's okay. I think the bottom line, though, is that trade at minimum is okay because of Cronenworth. But the Cronenworth thing is not something that you like. That's that's really shocking that Cronenworth turned out this good, right? Like he is one of the, the rare misses by the Tampa Bay Rays is that trade, right? Just, and if, if all we had gotten in return was Tommy Pham, I think it's, it's fair to say that that trade is an L, you know what I mean? Cause he wasn't even that good last year. He was banged up. And this year he basically gave us two good months and then was atrocious for the other two months. Not just bad, atrocious. You know what I mean? Not just average atrocious, which is kind of the story of the team, which is what I've been saying for a while now. But let's talk about AJ Peller in general. I think the issue with AJ Preller is that the guy swings hard and sometimes he's going to miss. You know what I mean? And the biggest examples of this is like when you gave up, who was it? A year for Justin Upton that you got. Let me see. Justin Upton Padres trade. Remember when he first took office, which is when I first got interested in the Padres, by the way, for the record. So maybe that's one good thing. Um, that happened from the 2015 team is it did get me interested, but to complete the trade for Justin Upton, just a year for him, they gave up Jace Peterson, Dustin Peterson and Malik Smith. That's not too bad. Right. But they gave up Max freed. Who's a decent arm over for Atlanta. He was also a borderline Cyan guy last year. He's figured things out. You know how much I would be killing for Max freed right now, instead of one year of Justin Upton. Not great. Will Myers, who also got traded for that year. They gave up Trey Turner. Trey Turner is really, really good. And I understand that Will Myers, like, That one you could say, all right, Trey Turner was a little bit of an interesting prospect, but you could argue Myers was rookie of the year. He had a decent season for the Padres, even if I think personally that his good season for the Padres was a little bit more fantasy good than real life good because this is a guy that, if I'm not mistaken, the first year that they they got him. Let me just check this real quick. Overview. San Diego. 2015 for San Diego. Um, He hits eight home runs. Now, he doesn't play too much for them, but it's 2016 is the biggest thing where it's like, you know, 259 through 36, which isn't that great, but 28 home runs, 28 steals. Uh, and then the next year, 30 bombs, 20 steals, right? But that's better from a fantasy perspective because his defense wasn't very good either, especially over at first base. So at the time, that was a little bit of a questionable trade just because my thing was, 
I mean, Trey Turner's an interesting prospect. You sure you want to do this for Will Myers? He looks like he might be cooked. Again, there's some defense to be said with rookie of the year guy just a couple years ago. He only played 87 games. You decide to buy low and say, let's go for it, right? I think the bigger issue is that you gave him this big contract. I think that's the bigger issue because now you're stuck with him for a while. And now it's like, oh, my God. I mean, I wish there was a DH in the NL because maybe you wouldn't have to have him field. And maybe there might be something said for just having him as your DH. But just in general, man, not 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 the best uh, move for AJ Preller. Then, of course, the big elephant in the room, Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer, I would say. I said at one point that Blake Snell might be the biggest miss of AJ Preller's tenure. We'll have to see. One of the things that I said was he is going to be on the team for a little bit longer, so we do have to see. But Hosmer is the biggest miss. Eight years, 144 for a guy that has one of the lowest wars, one's above replacement of any player in baseball. Uh, a lot of that is inflated by the fact that he's a terrible defender. I don't know how he won four gold gloves, but he never hits the ball in the air. He hits more than half of his balls on the ground. This has been set ad nauseum, and it's almost like a, just a, a, a unwillingness to even try to lift the ball in the air. He hoodwinked all of us in 2020 when his launch angle went from like negative two to 13, we were all said, Whoa, uh Oh yeah. Maybe his on base skills aren't incredible. He's a three thirty hitter, but if he could just be a home run guy, give us like 25, 27 bombs and just kind of be, just be a home run guy. You know what I mean? Even though his defense isn't good, at least he gets some value there. Nope. Nope. It was all a ruse. Eric Hosmer is a disaster. And what I don't like about that move, I would say even more than the Myers move, because at least, like I said, coming off rookie of the year, he was a high-level prospect. You say, let's trade for him. Let's go for him right now because everybody's down on him. Who in the world was like excited when Eric Hosmer got signed by San Diego? Everyone was like, this is worse than the Ellsbury signing for the Yankees. Because the Ellsbury signing, everyone was like, he'll be a good player for at least two years. The problem was he was only going to be a lowercase good player, and that's exactly what happened. But Hosmer, everyone was like, I mean, is he even going to give you one good year? Nope. I would argue that you paid eight years, 144 for 35 good games from Eric Hosmer. And that was in 2020, which granted love that season got me back into my love for baseball in a lot of ways, but that's basically what you did that for. Then let's look at some other trades. If I'm not mistaken, Melvin Upton, did they trade for Melvin Upton jr? If I'm not, I'm going to look this up really quickly. I probably should have had some of these things in front of me, but let's just say I've been a little busy. Sorry for the late upload today, by the way. Um, just you know kind of a a weird sort of uh series of events over the last few while so they sent um they traded left fielder melvin to the blue jays for minor league right-hander hansel rodriguez so how did they toronto blue jays after a moment i can't see how they got him i can't see what the trade for melvin upton jr was that's interesting Anyway, um, but anyway, let's look at Craig Kimbrell, who was another one. Look, the 2015 team bottom line wasn't like the best thing in the while in a while. Oh, did they get both of them? Okay, so that's what it was. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. They sent Cameron Mabin, Carlos Quentin, and Matt Whistler uh to the Braves. So that trade wasn't terrible. You did get Melvin Upton, who was kind of eh, but you did Craig, Craig Kimbrell, who was awesome that year. Um so in general, that trade isn't that bad. But when you look at the big hits for AJ Peller, Tatis literally is is his crown jewel. That is kind of similar to like, let me see here. What's a good like comp that I could give, right? Like what's a quarterback in the NFL, right? That you you hit on and that kind of reveals, like that redeems everything. I'm trying to think right now because like of, of GMs that were about to be fired, but then they hit on the quarterback. 
I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't think of one right now, but that's kind of what has happened with AJ probably where it's like, if that Tatis trade never happened, if you didn't trade James Shields for Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the best young players in the game, I don't know how we view him. Machado contract, fine. I get it. But Hosmer's a mess. That's the thing with AJ Peller is that he's a swing big and he's going to strike out bad on like like two of the the 10 swings, right? But then he might hit an absolute grand slam of a home run. He's the Adam Dunn of GMs. You know what I'm saying? He's the uh, – uh, what's another good cop for him? I don't even know. He's the Bobby Dahlbeck. You know what I mean? He's the Giancarlo Stanton to a degree. He's the Gary Sanchez. Like he's going to hit bombs. But when he misses, he misses bad. And I think that a lot of this fault – goes on him, but I think a lot of the fault has to be spread around. Um, some people reported that, you know, some people will say that AJ Peller wasn't the main guy giving that contract to Eric Hosmer, but that's a little bit of hearsay, and I think that you at least have to give him some blame for the Eric Hosmer contract, because bottom line is you are the GM, and you have to do it. I know it's one of your first years there. Maybe ownership wants to make a splash. I get it, but there does need to be some blame put on AJ Peller there. So my thing, though, is this: there was also this weird trade involving Luis, Luis Castillo, um, when he was on the Padres, but then he got sent back because the Reds or the Marlins thought they got damaged goods with, um, what's his face, Colin Ray, uh, who made a couple of appearances for us, of course. But then Luis Castillo gets sent back. So that deal isn't handled a lot. Well, and Luis Castillo is a really good frontline starter for the Reds right now. Not elite, not elite. He's had some trouble with some, some big hits this year, but great strikeout rate. I think he's going to have a bounce back next year. For all my fantasy baseball people out there, draft um, – uh, what's his face, Luis Castillo next year. That's just, at least in my opinion, still very young. He'll figure it out. But I think that with this team, you also have to start looking at fundamentally as an organization. Why is it that there's all these players that immediately when they leave, they turn into something like a Cal Quantrill? Heck, even like a Jorge Mateo to a small extent. You know what I mean? I just think that you look at all this and you say, what's going on here? Why are all these guys getting hurt? Why is Mike Clevenger coming over here immediately getting hurt? Why is Chris Paddock getting a little bit hurt? Why is Nelson Lamette just damaged goods at this point? Why is Mackenzie Gore fall apart? Why does Blake Snell get hurt? Why are all these guys getting hurt? You Darvish, who you could argue it's sticky stuff. You could argue it's injuries. Bottom line, he hasn't been great. There's all these fundamental issues with the organization that this isn't just a team that went from a 99 game pace to like 89-91. You know what I'm saying? Like they were a good team instead of being an elite team. No, they're out of the playoffs. This is a World Series contender. And my thing right now is, what can they do? I don't know. However. Here's what I will say, which is why AJ Peller is not a fraud. He's definitely not foolproof, though. I think Rick Hahn of Chicago White Sox is better. Andrew Friedman, although I would actually give hot take, hot take alert. I actually think that Rick Hahn is a little bit more impressive with what he's done, only because the White Sox ownership just refuses to spend. Just refuses. Shout out Jerry Reinsdorf. Just refuses to spend, right? So I do think that there's a little bit more of a... a a difficulty barrier with being the White Sox GM when you know you have to just hit on all of these international signings and most importantly, your prospects, which they have, you know what I mean? Even if it is a little bit weaker of a division, but Andrew Friedman, I have to put him higher because bottom line is on top of the money, they've raised incredible talent that's still coming up from the minor league. So you do give him some credit. I think you give credit to, let's see, who's the other GM that I'm forgetting. That's really good. Cardinals GM. You got to give some credit to the Cardinals for what they've done for such a long time. Um, you And then of course, the Tampa Bay Rays, they just know what they're doing. They have no money whatsoever, and they manage to find a way to be successful every year. So I would not put A.J. Peller ahead of any of those guys. I think the Padres fans at one point thought best executive in the league. Look what he's done. Can't do that so fast. He's a gunslinger. He likes pulling the trigger. But these other guys, a lot more impressive because they don't have as many bad misses. Every GM has a miss. 
every single one. I just mentioned how Jake Cronenworth going to us is a miss on the race part. And like the David Price trade from back in the day, they didn't really get anything major um, of importance in the return for that trade. So we'll have to see. But what I really want to say to round out all this is my mind is kind of not made up yet. We have to see what's going to happen. I don't think AJ Preller is going to get fired heading into this offseason. I think that that would be genuinely astounding if that happens because it would be like, oh, my God, like we're, we're really just retooling and blowing blowing it up. If AJ Preller were, were to be fired, I basically put every single person on the block except for Machado and Tatis. That's what that would mean. I still think that those two guys are the only untouchables on the team that wouldn't be moved. But like I'm just saying, 2015, AJ probably messed up. He went for it too quickly. Maybe he should have waited on 2020 and been like, hold on a minute. Hold on just a minute. Sorry, I just got a Twitter notification. Hold on just a minute. Maybe we should wait because 2020 Eric Hosmer launch angle. Will Myers slugging 600. You know what I'm saying? Like Denelson Lamette healthy for once, right? Stuff like that. Um, and uh, Zach Davies, like we, I think people forget Zach Davies was incredible for us last year. Basically the number two pitcher. Maybe he should have been like, maybe we overperform. Maybe we're not, you know, bad. We're not a bad team, but maybe we should just wait a little bit. Keep your assets. Keeping your assets is important. I know everyone wants to make the big trades, but I actually think it's very smart. If it is the case that he didn't trade everybody, his golden eggs are the prospect thing because you got to reboot that farm. So I'm wondering if like 2020 or like 2016, like 2015, is it possible that AJ Preller might do the retool thing again? Is he going to trade Will Myers away and Eric Hosmer in a package deal? Is he just going to try and get some prospect back? Is he just going to kind of try and retool or is he going to go gunslinger mode again? I don't really know because I really like CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel and Luis Campizano. I think they're really interesting prospects, and they're all at positions that we're a little worried about with the Padres. Actually, hilariously enough, I think shortstop second base isn't exactly the biggest deal with the Padres, which is where their top prospect, Abrams, comes from. But in terms of the depth of their farm, they don't have a lot of ammo anymore. So I'm very, very curious to see how they retool. My thing is this. Don't give up on him. He made a lot of good trades. Trent Grisham. Uh, it's it's okay. I kind of like Luis Urias and Eric Lauer is not too bad either. So I think that trade might be just a win-win for both right now, especially because Grisham has been so disappointing this year. I mean, oh my God, Trent Grisham. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. He's had a lot of hits. Musgrove is a hit. Blake Snell, we got to wait a little bit. Darvish, got to wait a little bit longer too. Tatis, that's a hit. Machado, that's a hit. Cronenworth, that's a hit. I think there's more nuance to this discussion and there's a lot of different areas that are an issue. And I think that really this, this Padres off season is going to be thrilling. I, I really do in its own dark, hardcore Padres fans are going to be thrilled by this off season in terms of just, I shouldn't say thrilled. They're going to be excited. I think that we have a lot of interesting moves that may happen uh, for this off season for sure, because they have to retool or go for another star and kind of revamp this thing. Anything can happen. I think Tatis and Machado are the only ones that wouldn't move. Also because of their contract and they're really good. So they're kind of untradeable. But I remember what I said in the offseason. I was like, buy low, go for Corey Kluber and Jake Odorizzi, go for Marcus Stroman. And I'm not saying that I was right, but maybe I had a point about how let's not rush. It was only 60 games. Maybe you don't want to go all in yet. But I still trust AJ Preller and you should too. But you should realize that he is not the best executive. And maybe he's not even in the S tier. Maybe he's just in the A tier for now because of those aforementioned misses that I've spent about 40 minutes talking about.
Speaking of those 40 minutes, guys, let's start wrapping things up. But before we wrap things up officially, betting on the Potteries, betting on AJ Preller, betting on the playoffs, betting on prospects, whatever, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, that about does it for this episode in terms of the future of this podcast guys i was gonna have lucas smith on today for today's show which is part of the reason why today's episode is a little bit later but he couldn't make it he's got class or whatever as a college student uh now in all seriousness lucas is a good guy go check out locked on cardinals if you want to hear his perspective on blowing our team out of the water i guess this weekend um but we're also going to be having hopefully on some other guests maybe uh but more importantly going to be recapping the san francisco giant series and then talking about the playoffs and talking about final season awards and made up awards that I'm going to be coming up with like the top five most nightmarish moments of this Padre season. You know what I mean? Maybe 21 fun facts about this Padre season. Going to start keeping it very interesting. Going to make it a little bit shorter than today's episode. Today's episode ran a little bit long, but in general, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast and I know that the Padres playoffs hopes are all but extinguished, but you gotta, you gotta keep going on. You got to keep going on, guys. So with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. This chunky boy edition of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Give me some five-star views on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that. Send me a question in the review section. I will more than answer it. Might do a mailbag this week. Actually, now that I think about it. Um follow the show or my personal account on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care.